Hey, Kate, first, we're starting a brand new series today called Her Voice. It has been my heart over the past couple of years to have a series that not just has uh, women be able to speak and preach, but really highlighted the calling of, that the Holy Spirit has on the lives of females as well as their impact on the kingdom of God. And today we've got a very special speaker. Her name is Eliza Cortez Bast, and she comes here as an executive as well as a pastor of the RCA. Eliza has a calling to reach the next generation as well as to come up with innovative ways to help propel the kingdom of God. Her and her husband both opened up their lives and opened up their homes so that they can engage people and help answer some of the tough questions of the ministry and of the kingdom. She is a fierce advocate for biblical justice, and you can see her at events all around Kalamazoo. And I just want to take this time to introduce her and to welcome her voice to our series, Her Voice. Hello, my name is Elisa Cortez Bast, and I am a pastor of outreach um, with the RCA. I also have the great privilege of serving um, the RCA as a coordinator for local missional engagement and as a coordinator for special projects. And so I help lead churches in their um, outreach discernment, um, helping them discover where God is at work in their communities and where God is at work in the church, and then championing the reawakening of their missional imagination and finding places where those two things meet. But more importantly, I have the great privilege of being the mom to two amazing young boys and uh, being the wife of my husband, EJ. And so I send greetings to you from both of them um, as a family that is on mission together. I absolutely love Jesus and I have a passion for his church. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity to be with you today. And I'm so grateful whether there's kids or young people or single people, married people listening. Uh, thank you for having me in your homes today. One of the most important faith formation experiences I had um, was in college. I'm going to date myself here, um, but I used to watch a television program um, with my younger sister called um, The Gospel Bill Show. And so Gospel Bill, Willie George, um, had a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so while I was attending college, um, I would go visit his church, and that was my home church um, as an undergrad student. And one day he told the story of a man who um, was meeting with him and was talking about retirement and how the goal for this man was that he wanted so much to have a boat and he'd been working and saving and spending his extra time and extra money to save uh, for this boat. And when the pastor asked him what he wanted to use the boat for, he said, I want to go out into the lake, go out into the water and be completely alone. Well, guess what happened? The man retires. He goes out into the lake. He's by himself and it, it produces a loneliness and an emptiness that he didn't anticipate. So he came back and said, well, this is what I was working for. I wanted to have this boat so I could be by myself. And all he started thinking about was, is there more than this boat? So the pastor challenged him, is there a way that you can give this eternal thing, or excuse me, this temporary thing, eternal purpose? And so the man began using his boat to start mentoring other young men. He would bring them out in the water and in the quietness of the lake, he would ask them questions about their faith, how their life was going, what they were struggling with. And many young men came to faith and came to deeper discipleship because this man invested this temporary boat and gave it eternal purpose. And so friends, that stuck with me in such a way that it has reoriented my entire life. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about a spike, 
a staff and a stone. How God has used throughout the scriptures very temporary things and have given them eternal purpose. And I ask the bigger question, what has God placed in your hand? Now, for me, it has created a new identity and a new framework for how I orient everything that I have. When uh, we were in a place to buy a home, we asked God, what would it look like for us to give this temporary thing, this home of ours, eternal purpose? How that manifested is that we have young people in and out of our home all the time in our refrigerator and we love it. Why? Because for us, they've seen our home as more than just a house. They've seen it as a place where they feel safe, where they feel comfortable, where they can ask hard questions. And it's been a privilege for my husband and I to use it as a place for discipleship. I think about the Old Testament scriptures, and I think about the different people that we see throughout all of our stories that have taken these ordinary things, these ordinary people that have taken small, temporary things, and how it's had lasting impact on our scriptures and on the gospel, and then what it means for us in our faith context today. I think of Moses' staff. In Exodus 4, we see for the first time that Moses is is granted the staff from God, and it looks like just a simple piece of wood. But in the middle of Pharaoh's court, it turned into a snake, and that God was able to use it to help part the waters and to bring water to the children of Israel, something so temporary, something so ordinary. I think about Jael, the Bedouin shepherdess, who is minding her business out in the desert, and she sees the captain of the Canaanite army come. And I love that when Sisera is in the tent, that she takes the spike and she ends it right there. And the war is saved, or the children of Israel, excuse me, is saved. And the war is ended because of Jael's work. Something so simple as a spike, something so ordinary. And I think of King David, who when it is time for him to face the giant, doesn't go after a full suit of armor, but takes five smooth stones from the river. So the question I ask you today, what is in your hand? It may feel to you like it's only a staff. It's only a spike. It's only a stone. But I encourage you, especially in these stories that are in the Old Testament, God used every temporary, every ordinary thing, not just to provide immediate relief for his people, but he also used it to provide glory for his own name's sake. He used it to advance the cause of God loving his people. And I love that, that it's not just about the size of the stone. It is about God's heart for his own people. It's about making sure that people know that he is pursuing them and loving them. Sometimes we may feel like we're waiting for something bigger to come in our hand. My stone feels so small. It's just a spike. It's just a lousy piece of wood. But what I would say to you today is that God is not waiting for us to have something extraordinary in our hand. He wants to do something extraordinary through what we already have. Let me say it again. God is not waiting for us to have something extraordinary. He wants to do something extraordinary through what we already have. Now, this should feel like a relief to most of us. Some of us have been waiting and saying, okay, well, God, when I get the next thing, when I, when I have this, then I'll be able to. And whatever the fill in the blank is for you, God is just saying, shh, shh, shh. I'm not waiting for you to have that next big thing. I want to know what's in your hand today. What temporary thing do you have that I can give eternal purpose, that I can make kingdom impact through? Now, some of us may also say, uh, those Old Testament stories are great, but I'm not slaying any commanders or defeating a giant right now. But I am grateful 
that the New Testament also is sprinkled with stories of people that took their temporary things and gave them eternal purpose. They saw what was in their hand and they opened their hand to the movement and the power of the Holy Spirit and said, God, do what you will. I think of um, in Acts when um, Paul commends Lydia and it's the businesswoman who opens up her house for discipleship. It becomes a place of respite for Paul and Silas um, that when they're traveling through, they go and rest there. I think about the boy with the fish and loaves and we repeat that story so much and we praise God for the miracle in it. But aren't we all in some ways the boy that comes with just the fish and the loaves? I think about Dorcas and how when she passed away, the community came and they brought their their dresses and cloaks and the things that she had made for them. That when they had no money, Dorcas used her sewing skills and that she sewed for the community and how they were grieving the loss of her before she was raised back to life. I think about Aquila, the tent maker, um, the business owner who said, you know what, Paul needs a job and I'm going to employ him and that he was able to grow deeper in his faith under the coverage of Aquila and his wife. And there's name after name after name, Rufus and his mom, Persis, Nereus, Junia, and Olympus. It was the names of people that we may never know on this side of eternity, but they took whatever they had in their hands and said, God, would you use it for the advancement of your kingdom? God, would you take this and make something extraordinary out of it? Now, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Dave read from Romans 12, and he stopped just short um, of chapter, excuse me, verses four through eight. And so I want to continue in those. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Friends, we are made in community. We are made to be locked together. That the work of Christ is done when we take whatever we have in our hands and we say, I'm going to put it in the bigger pot of seeing the kingdom move in advance. It works when I say, as this part of the body, let me join with you and see what God can do through what we both bring to the table. We are meant to do this in community and we are meant to do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, I encourage you that you can too. Now, you may be saying, you don't understand the situation that I'm in. What do I have in my hands? Well, for some of you, you may feel like it's so simple that you miss it. Some of you may feel like, well, you know, I bake really well. Well, that's great. How do you take that baking gift and how do you give that kingdom impact, that temporary thing? If you play the guitar, even something as simple as one instrument, you can look at that guitar and say, God, would you help me to see this in such a way where I can see this one guitar having kingdom and discipleship impact? It may be that you have a lake house and you're going, God, I know this is a place where I go to get away from people, but would you reorient my heart so I can say, God, is there a place where I can increase your gospel impact, your kingdom impact? Can I give this lake house eternal purpose? It may be something as simple as a passion for movies. Hey, I'm a Marvel fan just like most of us. But is there a way that God can take that passion, something that seems so simple, that small little stone, and is there a creative way that the Holy Spirit can just use that to create kingdom impact and give it eternal purpose? 
Now, I would say in our brokenness and in our and our sinfulness and our desire to grow deeper in our faith is that um, we can't get to that place until we recognize that everything that we have belongs to the Lord. Everything that we have belongs to God. And so in one way, we look at that and we say, okay, well, God, you can have it, but <clears throat> can you please leave the thing that I worked so hard and, and I earned on my own alone? God, I'll give you everything but... And I would just ask you to consider this morning, as you think about what is in your hand, is there something that you say, you know, everything but this, that this stays off the table. This is the thing I earned. This is the thing I needed. And just say, God, would you break my heart in such a way for those that are lost, the least, and the broken, that I would put this on the table so willingly and say, God, please use this for kingdom impact. And some of us may be looking at it and saying, you know, it's not enough. You know, I wonder if at some point Lydia looked at her furniture and said, well, I don't know if my house is big enough and my furniture is old. I don't know if I want the apostles here. Friends, God is not worried about how much you have. And he's saying, you know, if you get this much, then I can use this. If this is this nice, then I can use this. The bigger question is not how much do I have, but how much does God have us? How much do we understand that whether it's a little or a lot, everything we have belongs to the Lord? Because in that case, God is not asking for how much we have. He's asking for our availability to say yes, sir, to whatever he asks us to put on the table. And so if it is just the gift of encouraging, how do I use what I have to encourage people? If it is teaching, can I see the small stone in my hand and use it as a teachable moment, whether it's just with my kids, whether it's with a group of young people, or even my coworkers at work? I invite you, friends, that as you think about being a full-on participant in the body of Christ to see the work of the kingdom advance, that you take a look at what's in your hand and say, God, show me what is in my hand. And God, is there anything I'm holding off the table? Is there anything I refuse to put on the table? And you say, God, if so, would you break my heart for the lost in such a way that I would willfully put that on the table and more? It is not about how much we have. It is about how much God has us. That we would take whatever we have, the small stone, the staff, the spike, and we would say, God, would you give this temporary thing eternal purpose? Would my living room be a place of worship? Would the car be a place of encouragement? God, would my schedule reflect a desire and a deep longing to invest in others? And so I just ask you today to say, God, show me how my gift meets what's in my hand. Show me how you've crafted me and give me a space to express that in whatever you've given me. And so I invite you to continue to pray. What is in my hand? What have you placed in there, God, in this moment, in this season? When I survey the landscape of how my life is oriented today, where are there temporary things that I can give eternal purpose? Are there things that you're asking to use, God, in such a way that it provides temporary relief for people, that it provides victory for God's people, but it also provides for the glory of God's name and for the sake of the advancement of the gospel? Let's pray. God, I thank you that the scriptures have um, story after story of ordinary people that had ordinary things. And then, God, you use them to make an extraordinary story of deliverance, of hope, encouragement. That, God, for your glory and for your name's sake and for the advancement of God's kingdom and the gospel. 
God, I thank you that you're inviting us into that story, that you're not saying this is a story for for the old, um, but God, you're saying this is a story for us today, that God, you're asking us to look and see how do we want to participate? How are you asking us to participate in the good news of the gospel and seeing people come to faith, that you're asking us to take what we have and Lord, develop new leaders, develop emerging leaders, that God, you're using that to deepen discipleship relationships, that God, you're challenging us and encouraging us. And so God, I pray for everybody who feels like they don't have enough or they're not enough, that Holy Spirit, you would speak to them and they would see themselves in the scripture and understand that they're more than enough, that they don't have to feel like there's something extraordinary or have something extraordinary, but God, you are choosing to do the extraordinary through them. And I pray, God, for people who are just saying, I don't have the imagination for this. God, would you bring community to them to help them think creatively and help them think with kingdom purpose to say, maybe God is pushing us or challenging us in this way. God, I thank you, whether it's the dorm room or whether it's the living room, that God in the places where we can be together, uh, that God, you meet us there and that the things that we feel are small stones would become great, extraordinary things that have lasting kingdom impact. In Jesus' name, amen.